With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Teardown. My name is Jeff Gluck, and I'm along with my coworker Jordan Bianchi. We are motorsports writers at The Athletic, and we are here today to talk about the postponed-slash-rescheduled Dover race, which just ran here on a Monday afternoon. And, uh, you know, I don't know how many of you got to watch it, so hopefully we'll uh, we'll try to recap everything that happened. But um, Martin Truex Jr. Um, completes the Truex family weekend sweep, not something you see very often as Ryan Truex won the Xfinity race on Saturday. Martin gets it done on Sunday to snap a 54-race winless streak. And uh, it was a, a, you know, I thought pretty good, especially for Dover standards. I, I, I was <laughs> yeah. fine with what I saw. Yeah, I mean, for Dover standards, it was good. It was probably one of the better Dover races I've seen in, in recent memory. It The way it worked out, it we had different battles throughout the day for the lead. Byron was good at times. Truex, obviously. Then Chastain, it looked like Denny Hamill was going to be in the mix. You just, you had a lot of different guys in the mix at different times. And um, I kind of wish we didn't have that last caution there with Logano, but the nice thing was it was a natural caution. It wasn't, you know, a debris caution or anything like that. It was a legit caution. And I would have liked to see how that finished. It felt like Truex had kind of had the better car and he was going to kind of close it out, but you didn't know. And it was still good the last few laps there. Cause I, I thought with Chastain taking four fresh tires, I thought he was going to be really strong and be able to kind of use that to his advantage. And especially on that restart, I really expected him to be more aggressive. And he just didn't get a good restart. And it was enough for Truex to kind of get a little bit of a gap there and hang on and get the win. I mean, Chastain did get a pretty good restart, though. Like, And, and that the move he made to get around Blaney was pretty Woo. decisive. But, you know, I think that the tires maybe made a difference, but not, you know, Truex had the, the tires on the right side that counted, right? I mean, those yeah. were the, the ones that really mattered. And yeah, there was just enough laps where the 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 the, the difference wasn't uh, wasn't going to play in the factor. I mean, if that would have been five or more laps, I think Chastain would have been you know had the the, the the advantage. But it was just enough for Truex to get away. But I'll, I'll be honest though, Jordan, I thought um, oh I don't know if James Small might have you know given this one away here because <laughs> um, once Chastain cleared uh, cleared Blaney. Yeah. And, you know, it was just, okay, four tires versus two. And there was still at that time, maybe three, four laps to go or something like that. And I was like, well, he's just going to, he's going to chase him down now. And he's the four tires are going to, are, are going to prevail because, you know, we had seen, you know, like the Kyle Bush instance, right. Where he stayed out at one point to get track position. He restarted second or third or something. And then that was a 30 something lap run. And by the end of the run, he goes all the way backwards and gets lapped and is in 26 and, and even lost the free pass. So I'm like, okay, well, I mean, you could see, obviously from the start of the weekend, you could see tires were wearing quite a bit and they wore in a different way on Friday, a much different way. I mean, the track took rubber this time. 
Uh, it wasn't just turning to dust like the other day, but, um, you know, tires were still important, which is what we've been, you know, everybody's been pleading for in a way, right? Like you, you <laughs> want to see that make a difference. You want to see guys rise and fall, but I just thought, okay, four tires, maybe that's going to overcome track position. It just turned out that he had just enough. And I thought James small had a really interesting comment afterwards too, about why he made that decision and what made it easier, which was that one thing, you know, there's a lot of talk about Ross Chastain's pit crew. They're super fast. They're super good. Yeah. And so he said, you know, I'm thinking to myself, okay, if, if they come down here and we're racing off pit road and we take four and they take four, they're probably going to beat us. I mean, cause they're, they're that fast. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and he said, looking at their pit stop time afterwards, they probably would have beat us. So then you're restart, you're on the same tires as Chastain and you just let him restart ahead of you. So it made his decision easier because he thought, okay, well, we'll take two and some, maybe some others will take two, which Blaney did and Christopher Bell did. Um, so, you know, look, Blaney finished third. So that was the right call for him. I think Chastain, I mean, you know, he came in behind Truex there. So if he takes two, he's going to be in the same situation pretty much. I mean, taking four for him was the right call. So I think all the top three finishers ended up making the right call. It just didn't work out. I mean, they were sort of, that, that was, I, I can't fault any of their strategy, but, um, yeah, I mean, I tell you what, Truex and James Small collectively needed a win <laughs> together, a win in, to believe in each other, all that, all that kind of stuff, right? I mean, that's that's a big momentum changer for that team. You you mentioned like how you you, you wondered if this was not going to work out for, and it's fair because right or wrong, like it seems like every strategy they call when it comes down to the end of the race has been the wrong one, or not even sometimes their fault. It just happens, right? And it, but everything is working against them. It felt like they've always had fast cars. They've been in contention. They're doing the things right, but something would happen. And whether it was a pit call taking no tires or two tires or four tires, you know, and it just, and so it's, it's when you have these things happen over and over again, like you kind of, you kind of lose the benefit of the doubt. And that's where this team is at. And to your point about them needing wing, like, hell yeah. Like they needed it bad. Like you can tell, like th this was a team that just felt snake bit and like they couldn't stay out of their own way. Sometimes you they sit there and tell you like the, the 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 back and forth they have on the radio is like it's not abnormal for them and it's not to some degree but like it but it had a different tenor to it the last few weeks right like a team that like listen we we need a win we haven't won in a long time we need a points win and it's not happening and I feel like Drurex didn't say this and he's never going to throw people under the bus, but you almost feel like he's doing everything he can, right? Like he's, he's uh, as a driver, if you were going to make a list out of things that were wrong with this team or that needed correction, he's not at the top near the top of the list. Like he's doing his job largely. And I think James is a really, really good crew chief, but some of the calls he has made have, have worked against this team. And that just kind of builds up over a while. Yeah. Look, I mean, um, first of all, there's, I mean, there's various types of driver crew chief relationships, right? But I, I, I will say, I mean, we're used to sort of hearing when, when people are screaming at each other on the radio or something, we're, we're like, Oh, that's not going very well. But on the flip side of that, if you can ever get to a point where you're that comfortable with somebody, <laughs> um, where both, where neither person takes offense to that or has thick enough skin, right. Which is, it's hard to do. Like, I mean, if you and I were at the racetrack and you did something, I screamed at you like, shut the F up or something like you that. You do. I come on. You, no, you, I, you don't say shut the F up, but you have, you have unloaded on me a few times. 
Like you, we we do have that relationship, by the way. You look at that smile. That smile tells it right there. I can start giving examples if you want, but I'm not going to do that. You you do that. I don't that, think though. we have. I mean, if if you yelled at me, I would be quite. I, I don't be, yell at you. I, huh? I don't yell at you. I just like okay, cool. Let it go. Let it go. No big deal. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> I guess my point is, uh, you have to have. I mean, I, I feel like we do have a good coworker relationship, so yeah. that that would play into my argument. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, but I I don't feel like. I mean, I don't think we have that kind of. No, you're not. You think we you think we yell at each other like Truex no, no, and James no. we, Small yell at each we, other? We do not yell at each other. No, we do not yell at each other. No. You think I yell at you like James Small was screaming at Truex? There have been some examples. I I don't I don't agree with this, but I also don't want to press it enough that you bring examples <laughs> because I don't know what those are. And I'm nervous about that because I have I'll no idea you. what you're talking about. So uh. <laughs> anyway, I'll just let that go. Um. But listen, uh, you know, I, I think we've we had predicted clearly that, yeah. you know, it, it, this was going to be, you know, Truex was going to be in the playoffs. We felt that way, so this is not a surprise winner by any stretch yeah. of the imagination. However, another surprise to me was, I thought this was going to be a Hendrick day, another Hendrick day. Same. This turned out to be a Joe Gibbs day, um, and in fact, if if Ty Gibbs pit crew hadn't you know, had got his fuel tank full, he would have had an easy top 10. If you look Denny at Hamlin? Denny Hamlin's pit crew cost him, uh, he, that cost him all day and he still finished yep. fifth. Um, obviously Truex wins. Bell was up there, played strategy at the end, but he was, he was running top 10 all day. Um, ultimately Reddick had a pretty good day and even Bubba at the end there gets back on the lead lap. So you had six, all six Toyotas were in the top 13. Um, and I think four of the, four of the top seven were Toyotas as well. So, um, you know, considering Gibbs struggles, you know, relatively, uh, Toyota compared to what we thought at the beginning of the year when we were talking Chevy, 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 Chevy. Um, and you know, Byron talking last week about how this is, Hey, this is a track where this is where the strength is going to come out. This is where you're going to start to see who has what, um, if that is the case, this was a big day for Toyota uh, because, look, I mean, they had all their cars clicking today. Where I think Hendrick, I mean, look, you, Byron, you know, he had a good run, but he faded at times. You know, the middle part of that, he like dropped backwards. Yeah, he was um, bad. In the middle part of the race, he was bad. Yeah. And then Larson, you don't know. I mean, Larson could have won this race and we could maybe was moving. he was he, he yeah. had a fast car, it looked like. And so we can't but, really I mean, count that one. But then, but, you know, Josh Berry. Uh, finishes 10th and Elliott 11th. I, I thought Elliott was going to be top three easy today. I so thought I, Elliott I'm had a surprised. really good chance to win. I, th- yeah. I, I thought he and Larson were the two. He, Larson, and Byron were going to, I won't say Hendrick, one, two, three, but I thought they were all going to be in the mix today. So I was I was very surprised that the nine was, I mean, I don't want to say a non-factor because he still finished 11th, which is a, a good day, but. He Did he ever even not- really crack higher yeah, than 10th like all day or something. Yeah, I like mean, he was kind of a non-factor. Like, I mean, yeah, that was I weird guess that says me. a lot about them that they finished 11th and they were invisible, but still. Yeah. But I just thought, I mean, Elliot's good. You know, he, he won the last race there. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just thought this was a track where Elliot could really go and maybe this is, you know, mm-hmm. he can get that win that he needs. Um, so that was surprise. I just don't, that was surprising to me. I don't really know. I mean, cause ultimately had Larson, I mean, Larson had a faster car, so you could yeah. say Elliot was the fourth fastest Hendrick car today, which again, it's like, what, why? I don't, I don't, what happened there? That was weird. That was just weird. Um, but yeah, 
I mean, uh, another certainly if, if you're looking, if you're if you if you are going to take the leap that, hey, this is a race that features strength. Which again, so you look at the last three regular season champions, right? And I uh, this is what I had had looked up and didn't realize it at the time for for last week's top five column on the Athletic. So last year, Elliott wins this race and he wins the regular season championship. The year before, Larson dominated the race, ends up finishing second when he gets beat off beat by Bowman off pit road. Um, but he still led the most laps and all that stuff. And he ends up winning the regular season champ regular season championship. And then the year before it was a double header because of COVID. Um, but the second race, that double header Harvick won and Harvick won the regular season championship. So, you know, this has been a race that features strength and Ross Chastain was the one, um, that looked like, you know, he was maybe going to win this race aside from Truex. And he also now Ross takes over the points lead. So maybe there's something there, you know, Ross, you know, we haven't necessarily thought, well, track house is as strong as they were last year, but this was a pretty good showing from them today. What, what Ross is doing really well, cause it's weird. Cause you look at his finishes and they're all over the board, right? Like he's running, he finishes really well one week and then the next week he's, he's down. What he does really well. And I think people lose sight of this is when you just look at the finishes is he is getting stage points nearly you know, every single stage and he's winning stages and that covers up a lot of ground. And while he doesn't have the same number of top fives and top tens as, as other guys and his average finishes are a little off, like he's getting those stage points and that's why he's the points leader right now. And he's running really, really well. He's just not finishing races. And so you, you would like to see more consistency out of him where they, they close out races better though. Some of that is just luck. I mean, it's just our, you know, it's whatever it is, you know, whether it's, Denny Hamlin incident at Phoenix or it's a super speedway, you know, just things happen and it is what it is, but they are right there in the mix, but he's still, I will, I would like to see them win and he hasn't won now in a year. And I, I still think while you can be in the contention, you can be, do all of these things. Like you have to go out there and win races to really be in my mind, a serious title contender. Mm-hmm. And that's why today, like Martin Truex Jr., showed me like, Hey, listen, I've been waiting for this. Like, I, I know you guys ran great last year. I know you finished the regular season fourth in points and you guys had, I think they led this year. They were second in stage wins last year behind Blaney. Like they had a great season. They just didn't make the playoff. Like, I know I just need to see you can win to, to really reinforce it. And it's like, I kind of feel that way right now, but Denny Hamlin and that 11 team, like they're running really, really well. I mean, they could probably have two, three wins. They probably should have two, three wins, but I haven't seen them win a race now in almost a year going back to the Coca-Cola 600 and things keep happening, whether it's just bad luck or it's things that they can control. And it's like, I, I just need to see something out of that team to really have the confidence in them that they're going to do that. And that's kind of where I'm at right now with Chastain as well. And that's why I, I believe in, and true X now. And like, I'm kind of waiting for Blaney on that and that level too. So obviously, you know, Chastain uh, is going to be most remembered from this race for the incident where it was in stage one. And he's, you know, he goes down to the corner and I don't know if he just miscalculated the speed that Brendan Poole had in front of him. Brendan Poole was racing for position. Um, and you know, he just wiped out Brendan Poole right into Larson's path, took out Larson, which again, Larson had one of the fastest cars. Um, and you know, obviously look, he's, he apologizes, says all the right things and, oh boy, you know, I really didn't mean to do that. And afterwards says, Hey, I'm going to try to go to their shop and make it right. Um, and all this stuff, but like, dang, I think the problem is with people that, uh, you know, this happens a lot right now 
go back to Richmond and we were poking fun at like the thanks Ross thing, right? Because it was getting to the point where everybody was blaming him for everything and not everything was his fault. But now there's been a couple incidents just in the last couple of weeks where you're like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm, well, the that- one last week was not his fault. Like, okay, I, I'm not, I, I'm just, I mean, I feel like people are harping on him too much for the Talladega one. We talked about that. There's no need to get into it, but I, I agree with you. I mean, there's no denying like this was his fault. hundred percent. Yeah. So how do you, where do you go from there? Where do you like, how do you, if you're Ross Chastain, people are getting tired of hearing him say, oh, I didn't mean to do that. You only kind of get so many, you know, I, I mean, maybe he's past that point already, but you, you have to, I mean, I mean, I guess I, I, I'm tempted to, to say, well, you you can't win a championship if you keep pissing everybody off, but he, he almost won a championship yes, last year after. Yeah. Yes. I mean, if nobody yes. does anything, but then, then again, Larson, I mean, now it didn't have an impact on the race because the caution came out. Um, but Larson tried to get in his way 40 laps down or whatever he was, um, and slow him up enough. Um, and had seemed to have no bones about that, about doing that. Um, just like Elliot did with Harvick at, um, at Bristol a couple years ago. I'm sure you remember that Jordan. Um, <laughs> I, I don't remember what happened that race. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there's, there'll be things like that. Nobody seems to want to like put him in the wall or fight him afterwards, but you know, at the same time, like it, it just kind of a, like another notch in the belt. How, how do you move on? I, here's what I think. Like he is to blame. He is overly aggressive. He should be better about this. But at the end of the day, I think we've already passed this point of like, he, he is what he is. And why does he need to change? Like I've kind of just resigned myself. Like it's working for him. It's working really, really well for him. Like he's running up front on a weekly basis. He's winning stages. He's leading laps. He's leading the point standings. He almost won the championship a year ago. Like you could make a case that if Ryan Blaney didn't, wasn't uh, teammates with Logano, Logano may not win that championship because Blaney could have passed Logano and then all bets were off between Chastain and Logano. Like it is working for him. And yeah, you're going to have moments like today where Larson held him up and you deal with it. But he still finished second. You know, it wasn't like Larson put him in the wall or anything like that. And and the way things are kind of at right now with this, you know, what what is acceptable payback and what is not and how do you handle this? Like, I would imagine guys are going to be a little leery of, of intentionally putting somebody into a wall because we saw what happened to Denny Hamlin this year. So, like, if I'm Ross, this is working for me. I fought my entire life, fought and scratched my entire life to get to this opportunity to be with a winning team. And I'm doing it. And the, if people are upset with how I race, then so be it. That doesn't mean you go out there and intentionally crash everybody left and right. And you don't become the second coming of Dale Earnhardt, but like do what's working for you. And he should have actually, he, he, he needed to be better today. Like there is no need at all to wreck a Rick Ware racing car. Like you're going to pass them. You're going to blow by them. Say what you will about those cars or whatever. They are respect. Like those drivers are considerate. Like they're not going to hold you up. They're going to get out of the way. And Brendan Poole's not going to do anything that's going to screw you up, right? Like pick and choose your spots better, but this is working for him. Don't, don't, don't. You don't have to like become different. Like, and if yeah, but I don't think like he that, wants to. I don't. I'm not. I don't saying think he, he wants to be in either. this position. I don't. I don't you know, don't, he he doesn't want to wreck people like that. Well, you're no, saying it's working think, for him. Why change? 
it's it is working for him but don't sit there and say like beat yourself up about it like don't try to be something you're not if you're an aggressive driver be an aggressive driver own it you know like and i mean I, and that's not his person like ross is a very nice guy we I mean all of those things that's not who he is off the racetrack but if that's who you are on the racetrack it's worked well for logano it works very well for logano over the years like he has said like i am an a-hole when i put on you know yeah, but Logano's not going in the corner and just wrecking people. I mean, again, not that Chastain meant to, but I also think these are professional race car drivers, and at the highest level, um, you know, he's he's better than that. So I don't disagree. Like, yeah, I mean, I I I I don't disagree. Like, these mistakes shouldn't happen. And but he, which one is he, it? You're either saying you look, you're super aggressive, you're just gonna do whatever it takes, own it. Or well, you know, you really got to. You can do. You can be aggressive, but like this today was preventable. This was preventable. Like you don't have to get into the fifteen car like that. That's silly. But to sit there and be try to be a different driver altogether and and scale back and lose your aggressive, you can still have that edge. I think you need to pick your spots a little bit better. But that's you know, and when, like I said, you know, racing a Rick Ware racing car, you don't you don't need to put them in the wall. That that does no good. But be an aggressive driver and go for it. And it's you know, don't don't try to be something you're not. Yeah, I feel bad for Brendan Poole as well, just sure. in the sense that he was getting an opportunity to be in a cup car, which hadn't happened. I mean, this, I think this is his first time in a next gen at all, right? Today. Yeah, 2020 was his last start. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, he's, look, it's, here's a guy who's trying to just get in there and do his job and sure. complete all the laps. And he comes up with a torn up race car. It's not the impression you want to leave. It wasn't his fault, obviously, but, but um, very yeah, unfortunate there. Um, did you have any problem with how Larson handled that? Um, you know, we've heard all these things about race manipulation recently and, um, you know, obviously Elliot was not ever penalized for the Bristol thing, which I didn't think he, I think that was fair game. I mean, he, he felt he got wrong by Harvick and so he decided to get in Harvick's way and allow his teammate to win. Um, you know, he didn't have contact at that time at that Bristol race. I thought that was fine, but Maybe NASCAR views things differently. Now, I don't know if you saw Bob's video after the race where he asked Larson, basically, was that intentional? And, of course, Larson, in the new era that we're in, cannot say, right? So he just says, he basically, Larson just says, well, you can take it for what it's worth or whatever uh, was his answer. And then just quickly moved on. But um, I don't know. Does does it bother you what what Larson did? Not in the least bit. And, you know, if you'd have made contact with him and spun him out, I... I don't know. I mean, it would have been hard to say in that moment, but what he did is fine. Like that is kind of, that is a way to pay someone back without turning this into a demo derby thing. I'm okay with that. You know, you want to slow somebody up. You want to be hard to pass, make their life difficult. That's fine. I'm okay with that. Now start swerving into people and crashing each other intentionally. You know, that's a different conversation. Maybe I, I am fine with this. To me, this is like the first level of retaliation and I, and I am perfectly fine with this. Well, I can't see NASCAR doing anything because last week we were wondering, you know, Corey LaJoy said on his podcast and Sirius, um, you know, hey, I tried reckoning Kyle Busch intentionally at Martinsville and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and that, that came to light. I guess NASCAR hadn't heard it originally. Right. And then it came to light and NASCAR still decided not to penalize. So which is the opposite of how they treated the Denny situation. So maybe it's turning out that now a new precedent is set uh, again. And uh, now maybe we can see drivers get back to saying why they really did something and they just <laughs> wanted to get the Denny penalty out of the way just to make an example out of him. I can't really keep track of what's going on because it's changing all the time. But Do you think NASCAR needs to wait 
so they usually put out the penalties like Tuesday, late Tuesday afternoon, sometimes Wednesday. They should wait to put out the penalties until like Wednesday afternoon, Thursday, and they have like one designated official that goes through and like listens to all the podcasts. Like, oh, <laughs> God, can you imagine if we're ever in that? I mean, oh, sorry. Yeah, the penalty port's not out yet because we're waiting on a couple more drivers' podcasts to drop. And we need to make sure nobody's going to say anything like uh, it's going to be out Thursday. Like Corey's comes out what Wednesday. Uh, yeah. Denny's comes out Monday. Like and whoever know whoever you don't know who's going to be on the download this week. So maybe you got to wait. It's like out. all the drivers start delaying their podcast. So after the penalty reports, all right, penalty reports all out. Get dumped out on Saturday morning. Yeah. Hey, our podcast comes out on Friday. Oh, why, why'd you change? Uh, no reason. No reason. Scheduling issues. Yeah. Hey, that'd be great for the teardown, Jordan. We'd have the whole week of, uh, you know, just free, whatever, free, free reign without any podcast NASCAR, dropping. No NASCAR competitors. Can't penalize us. But they can call people into the hauler though. So I mean, for podcast, have you been so, called you know. into the hauler? No, but we know like I mean DBC has though. So, well, they have a NASCAR license. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't think they're going to call us the hauler. Not yet. Anyway, what, what could we do? What could we possibly say on here? I, have you heard some of your rants? <laughs> We're, I mean, if we've made it this far, um, Maybe so, we need to do something though for our street cred. Uh, we're we're good, Jordan. We're good. Uh, Ryan Blaney did have a chance to win and snap his own long winless streak today. Um, he restarted on the front row. I mean, he he had a great restart, but I wasn't like, ooh, Blaney's gonna beat True. I mean, it just felt like Truex and Chastain were faster all day. I mean, look, Blaney had a really great race. I think. Team Penske made a gain here, at least on his car, because on Logano's car, holy cow, they were like completely opposite direction out to lunch on that one. Um, Also, Austin Sindrick finished four laps down. Logano was just an absolute, they they were courting tires. They were having just terrible problems. He he couldn't even make it to the end of the stage one time. He had to pit early. Um, He was having a, a miserable, miserable day, but they got the setup right on Blaney's car if they were trying different setups there at Penske. And, um, that one worked out. So, you know, Blaney needed a clean day like that, but he was asked afterwards, like, you know, is this the start of some momentum, you know, for your team or whatever? And he's like, basically like, Oh, I don't know about that. Like kind of thing. Like, Oh, we'll have to see about that. Uh, you know, he's like, I, I think Truex and, you know, was sort of in the same situation, right? Like, well, what's going to happen next? Like we've run well all year. And those two were kind of linked last year. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, being in, in similar situations now, Truex has got that win. I'm sure it's going to be even tougher for Blaney because he's just every week sitting there going, man, when's my turn, you know? Sure. But you look at it though. And like you, you can, you know, he can kind of scoff at the momentum or whatever, but you look at it the last three weeks, he's finished second at Martins, or, I'm sorry, seventh at Martinsville, second at Daga, third at Dover. Like that's, that's really good. Those are three very diverse tracks. You're running well, like, and you're going to a race at Kansas where he historically is among the guys in the mix there um, runs very, very well at those places. Now, I don't know where Penske's at overall and Ford is kind of at, but I like this team because I felt like we were having this discussion, I don't know, three, four weeks ago of like where they, they, they were going in the wrong direction. Like they had three straight finishes in the twenties. It just felt like things were off and it's like, what's going on. He, I think he was like around 12th, 13th in points, something like that. He's up to fifth now in the standings. And it feels like this team is very much, it feels like they've kind of come out of that abyss and kind of maybe turned the corner a little bit. Now, again, Kansas is a different animal and I'm curious to see where Penske cars are stacking up right now, but you, you've got to be encouraged by what you're seeing out of this. And th- this is good because they're, 
you know, they're, they're finishing races well too. Now it's not just, you know, starting strong and getting stage points, that kind of thing. But now second week in a row, like they were in the mix for the win. And that, that's a really encouraging sign for a team that's, you know, usually has a tendency to start strong and then kind of fade as it goes along. I don't know if I'm buying the Penske thing yet. I I'm pretty cautious about them. I feel like, I mean, yeah. I'm not seeing big gains come from out of that, out of their camp, just like with SHR really. But you know, you look at the, I'm looking at the top, uh, 16 finishers today. Uh, there was only three Fords in the top 16. Um, you had Blaney in third and then you had the two RFK cars, another sign of improvement for them. They finished, um, eighth and ninth. Uh, none of the SHR cars finished in the top 16 today from what I'm looking at, unless I'm missing. Harvick one. had a better day than he finished. He just, I think well, he, he kept having tire problems like yeah. twice or something. Yeah. He was, he so. ran well. So I'm curious, like um, a year ago at this race, this was kind of the, the Nadar for, for the on the 22 team. Like they were horrible here and they had a come to Jesus meeting. He and, and Paul Wolf um, out of this race and basically saying like, we need to get better. Well then the next week they go and they win at Darlington. So like, you know, I'm curious to see, what comes out of this and where this goes and, but they're not, I mean, they, they overall consistency wise, Penske's just not been there. I mean, you know, Blaney wasn't, Logano was running well at the beginning of the year and then his teammates were kind of all over the board. And now he's struggling and Blaney's coming in. Like they have not been able to hit on all three of those cars running well at the same time, regardless of the track, like we're seeing out of JGR and like we've seen out of Hendrick. Yeah. And you know, again, like these next two weeks are going to tell us a lot, especially if you, I would if say you next, take what, what's that? I was going to say, I was going to, I was, I would extend that even further and I'd go through the 600, like, cause you're going to have two mile and a half racetracks at Kansas and Charlotte plus Darlington. And so I, I feel like, so this month, point, because now that yeah. Dover Dover's rain out, got it into May. <laughs> Good point. There you go. There we the go. Month of May for NASCAR is going to be, statement um, month. Yeah. yeah, statement month. That, that's yeah. true. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, you know, North Wilkesboro, it's going to yeah. be a fun little write-off. Um, you know, that'll be a very different race with all the tire wear there and the format and all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, when you think about Dover, people talk, talking about that showing strength, Kansas, Darlington, 600 right there. That's let me go further with that too. Darlington is the first race in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Kansas is in the playoffs as well. Like those are two tracks where you go there and you run well, you've got confidence at least saying, Hey, we come back here in the fall, we've got something to build off of. So I think we're going to know a lot over the next month. I think we're already starting to see it a little bit in the stretch um, with, with Truex kind of rising up and, and Kyle Larson kind of coming to the forefront and William Byron, like, you know, running well, leading laps every single week. Like I think we're starting to really kind of identify who these, the players are. Yeah. And, you know, also um, no offense to, the Josh Berry thing, but I would have liked to see had Bowman been healthy. Um, sure. if he's in that 48 car today, cause Bowman's really good at Dover, Absolutely. really good at Dover. Four so winner. could he have, I mean, I'm not saying again, it's not a shot Josh Berry, but Josh Berry doesn't have the experience. He's no. doing great in substitute duty, two top tens in his substitute duty, uh, three. for two different cars, three top tens. Oh, three top tens. Three overall. top tens. Three top tens on a sec, yeah, and and two With two and, different and teams second, and two different teams. One of those was a second place finish too. Like he's doing what you want to see out of him, and you know he's he's doing a great job. It's it's no doubt why there is a there's teams that are interested in hiring him next year. Well, I just feel like Bowman, with all his experience though, would mm -hmm. would have 
been Agreed. better than 10th today. And I would have been curious to see. And so maybe that changes the Hendrick Gibbs narrative too. But I guess as things stand right now, we're talking about these strength on strength type races coming up that are not fluky type events. So who has the edge Gibbs or Hendrick right now? I don't know. Uh, can I tell you in a month? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, it depends on a lot of things. I mean, if Kyle Larson doesn't get swept up in an accident that he had nothing to do with, like who knows, right? If Alex Bowman doesn't get hurt in a sprint car crash and races today, what would he have been like? Well, I was impressed with what I saw out of Byron. Um, the middle part of that race though, like he just vanished. Um, I was really impressed with Truex where, you know, they, they started kind of good and then they kind of were okay. And then they got better and better. And I was really impressed with Chastain. Like, so, I mean, there's a lot of takeaways from this about um, it, it, the narrative can be kind of whatever you want it to be. It can be, you know, Joe, Joe Gibbs racing is coming there. Look at them. It can also be like William Byron is still here. You know, Kyle Larson's still in the mix. Like they're not going anywhere. And, and don't forget Chastain. Yeah. Right. And yeah. So like, it feels like it's, it's, it's kind of, it can be whatever you want it to be. And I, I don't know. And I, it's, we're going to know why I think we have a really good idea over here the next month. Here's another one. That's been sneaky. Tyler Reddick is up to, um, he's still six in points. He's, but he's mm-hmm. six in points. He had, uh, another top 10, you know, they had a terrible start, um, uh, mm-hmm. to the season. He's running pretty well. Now you're going to Kansas, which 2311 swept last year with two different drivers. He's very fast there too, by the way. Yep. That's a good track for him. So, you know, by this time Darling. next week, <clears throat> Yep. Yeah, we could be talking, oh, you know, Tyler Reddick, is he in the mix for this? What is this? You know, so it's and interesting because like a really good track for him too, because that's a that's one of those tracks you run up high the line and tire man. Like that is tailor made for him. Like like yeah, th- this this month sets up really well for Reddick. Yeah. I feel like yeah, we did we didn't get uh we didn't get answers. we we sort of are left after this Dover race with more questions, but yeah. um not a bad thing though. Not a bad thing to feel like we still, because, you know, for a while there, we're starting to get a lot of a pattern and it's still the pattern is the big teams, right? Um, It's not the unpredictable season of last year, but I think that we're starting to starting to whittle things down and be like, all right, who's now really the good ones. And we'll, we'll definitely know more shortly on that. Um, Corey LaJoy had another top 15 and he, his run was going to even be better than that. It looked like at times, um, Anybody else jump jump out to you in terms of good, bad? Uh, you expected more, expected less? I'm really impressed with RFK Racing. Like it wasn't like they came out there like a stellar day, just a quietly efficient day. Really kind of ran in the top ten all day. Um, the points as they stand now and have been for the last couple of weeks, both Brad and Chris would be in the playoffs. Now they're probably going to have to win a race to get it in the playoffs if you kind of look at where they're at but they're doing what they can. Like those cars, I mean, no one's going to tell you that those cars are amazingly fast, but they're get, they, they have made significant improvements and those drivers are getting the most out of it. And it would be nice to see what Brad could have done today without the pit road penalty with the tire. Um, but like they're going out there, they're staying out of trouble and they're maximizing their, their, their performance every week. Really, really impressed with where that organization is at. And so I think that deserves a kudos. Um, Coyla Joy again, like, and you mentioned Ty Gibbs, man, but like, He's been running well for a while now. He just, it's just, he keeps, he keeps gaining experience. And it, he's almost to the point of like, if he popped off a win at some point, like, I don't think anyone would be completely shocked, right? Like, I'm not mm. saying it's there yet, but like, that'd he's be pretty surprising. That but 
eh, to an extent, but he's got speed and they're running well. And it's, you know, this is, this is, this is impressive. Yeah. For, for a cup series rookie. And now I know he got some experience last year, but still a rookie and, uh, Really, I mean, you don't see rookies run this well typically. So not consistently. Um, yeah, I tell you what, though, after eleven races, would you have thought that Brad Kozlowski would be ahead of Kyle Larson in points? Larson tumbled uh, six spots today. He was fourth going into this race. Now he's tenth, um, and he didn't. He's not one of the Hendrick drivers that had a points penalty. That's just Byron and Bowman. Yeah. Um, so Larson, I mean, Larson's just had. I mean, he's, he, he could be the points leader probably. I mean, based on how well he's running, but yeah, I mean, when you have situations like today where he's just running well, it looks like he's going to have a great day, just gets cleaned out while running his line. Same thing happened last week too. Good run in the mix, in the top five, gets caught up in an accident, out of his own deal. And then, you know, it's just like, it's been the theme of it. I'd like, you know, that's a team like, you know, maybe don't have consistency, but if you're talking about playoff and big picture stuff, like that's a team that could win any given week. And They're scary because of that. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Larson had some interesting comments this week, as did a few drivers, about the safety thing. Um, it got a lot of attention last week, right, after um, his wreck with Ryan Priest. And, you know, I think it was pretty alarming to everybody to see the door bars fold up like that on the passenger side of the car now obviously the driver's side is more strengthened uh and they have a steel plate in there so that had he had he hit on the driver's side you know like kyle bush was saying you know that that could have been bad but at the same time like they that the driver's side's more reinforced but mm-hmm. still it was you know as kyle bush put it you know it was like a brick going through butter because the front end of ryan priest's car did not give very much in that like it did not crumple like which was the problem with last year's rear ends. Now I think we saw today Ty Dillon backs into the wall and at first you're like, uh Oh, that's going to be one of the hits that we're scared of now. But when they showed his car, the rear end of his car actually crumpled up pretty decent. I thought, I don't know, you know, I don't know how hard the hit was for him. I don't think we got to hear from him today, but um, I thought that was encouraging to see the, the rear end crumple like that. Now NASCAR needs to try to figure out how to make the front end crumple a little bit more. And, um, for an update, I, I did talk to NASCAR this week. Um, you know, that we heard that they took, you know, they took Larson's car back. Right. And then after they got Larson's car back, they needed to get, they asked SHR to bring Priest's car. So they got Priest's car too, to try to do an accident reconstruction. And they have a new system, you know, before they would have, they would have, uh, you know, a, a system that would record the G load, they would have a system record the GPS. They'd have the high-speed camera in there. Uh, 
but they weren't all in one source. So it would take longer for them to get all that information, do their investigation. Well, now they have this new system in the cars this year that has all those things in one. So they can just pull all those things immediately. And it sounds like what they did was they got all that and they put it into like a CAD file. So they're recreating it both like physically to see how the cars match up and they put the speed in the angle, um, really trying to figure out what updates they need to do because clearly on their part, you know, it's not just us who look at those cars and go, Oh, that doesn't seem good. You know, NASCAR sounds like they're trying to figure out a way to improve that. Well, and I think that they already, at once they redid the rear ends, it sounds like they already were looking at redoing the front ends or trying to go down that road. So sounds like there's going to have, you know, more information at some point. Um, you know, the impact was at over 130 miles an hour, which, you know, Chase Elliott comes out and says, well, you know, valid concern, right? Like, well, what if it was higher speed? But at the same time, if you think about like the cars are going say 180 miles an hour, right? If they wreck though, as soon as you start to wreck, you're starting to scrub off speed. So it, it is pretty unusual that you would have a higher speed wreck than the one we saw really. I mean, cause priest was pretty much coming full speed. So, um, you know, hopefully they'll be able to make some improvements. I know it's, it's tough with this next gen car with the parts and pieces, but I think everybody looks at that wreck and goes, boy, that, that could have been a lot worse. Larson seemed a little bit even rattled by it in some of the comments we saw this week. Yeah. I mean, it's all you can do is, is, is take what you, you, you take these incidents and try to investigate them and be better. And they're doing that. And that's what you want. And that Ryan priest walked away from that crash last week uninjured. Um, you know, you look at the violent hit that he had and, the, and everything that he absorbed, like, you know, I think we all kind of thought like, let's see what he's like on Tuesday, Wednesday. Right. And he was okay. And that, that's encouraging. Now you can never, ever get complacent. You always can do more and you always have to be thorough and diligent. And, you know, to NASCAR's going back and investigating this, that's a good sign. And hopefully you can learn from this. And to your point, you need to have, make sure the cars are, you know, absorbed and the energy is going towards the, the car itself and not the driver. Yeah. Now, obviously safety, and we touched on this with Bowman being out, but I know we disagree on this. We've already written a piece where we disagree on the athletic. But, you know, even more stuff comes out uh, with driver opinions and things. Um, you know, Jeff Andrews from Hendrick Motorsports talked this week about, hey, like, you know, it's not great, but, you know, maybe we'll have to, if this keeps happening, we'll have to look at things. But I think mostly, as Chase Elliott said, it was, look, it's a terrible coincidence that two drivers have gotten hurt with sort of extra extracurricular racing. Uh, that said, Jeff Andrews also said, look, we don't want to, we view these as different situations, the snowboarding thing and the, racing a sprint car. And, and, you know, we, if, if we think that it's a driver's doing something that helps them in inside the car, you know, we don't want to take them away from that. So are you still feeling like bubble wrap and Bowman shouldn't have been racing that stuff and nobody should be racing other stuff and keep them, you know, only in, in cup cars and things like, how are you feeling about it now at this point? My opinion hasn't changed. Like, I, oh, I was I, giving you a chance to get out of this. No, like it doesn't like terrible I mean, opinion. I, I'm like, I'm not wishing ill will on Alex Bowman, like obviously him getting hurt and we want to see him back sooner rather than later. Um, but if I'm a, again, I, I keep reiterating the same thing. If I am a NASCAR team owner, I do not want to see my guys racing other stuff outside of NASCAR, especially in the sprint cars, which have a tendency to, we've seen drivers get hurt. Like, I'm sorry. Like there is no upside to that. And I understand the argument 
I'm better. Uh, it makes me better. I get to go out and practice my craft and all of that stuff. Um, okay, sure, maybe. But And I caught him with this. Joe Gibbs last year told Christopher Bell, you're done. He had a bad crash at Texas, uh, racing on dirt. You're done. You're only allowed to do, you know, basically NASCAR stuff. And guess what? Christopher Bell, until today, was leading the point standings. He's having a great season. He's just fine. His ability is not being, you know, stifled because he's not allowed to race dirt. Like, I just don't see the upside. If I'm a NASCAR team owner and everything I have invested in you, um, millions of dollars, a team built around you, um, and you're going to get hurt and you're going to have to pull you out of the race car and put a driver in. And you said yourself, Jeff, on this podcast, well, Josh Berry did a very fine job today, did a great job of filling in and, you know, finishing in the top 10. Alex Bowman, it was in that car. It is, it is more than likely that car finishes better than it did. But Bowman was in that car today because he did something he needed need to do. And you can't, he, he did. You tell me why he needed to do that. Because he wanted to do it. He said, he, he, he has said to, that he it helps to. make him better. Um, it helps push him outside his comfort zone. It helps take him, make, uh, take more risks, which he has said on the 12 questions this year, that that's something that he's been trying to work on for his entire career um, that he thinks sure. has, has hurt him. Are, are you against Kyle Larson uh, doing the Indy 500? I, I would have reservations about it. Yeah. He is like, doing I, the Indy 500 next year. I, I understand that. And I, so you're against I, drivers doing the double. You are not I, in favor. If we go back and look at Jordan Bianchi's coverage of past drivers doing the double. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, first of all, opinions can change. So what I said then, I don't remember what I wrote then, but um, opinions can change. And my opinion on this is I don't remember what it was then, but today where I'm at now, I look at this and say it's unnecessary. Like, there okay, so goes. no drivers doing the double. No drivers. Oh, I guess cup drivers definitely shouldn't do Xfinity series racing, right? Or truck if you're racing. in a NASCAR, if I am your team owner and you are in one of my cars, then I am, and I am paying you to do that. Then that is fine because that's under my umbrella. But wait, so so should Cup drivers not do any more Xfinity races for worried of getting hurt? Because you know you can get hurt in NASCAR. Blaine Perkins hurt. got hurt last week at Talladega. Yeah. Um, in fact, Alex Bowman last year had to miss mm -hmm. races because he got hurt in a that's Cup fine. car, and that is his day job. And you're doing your job. You know, you are doing your job and that's that comes with risk. So why do you need to add to add to your heightened risk of already having a dangerous job where you potentially get hurt and doing more extracurricular stuff outside of that? Doesn't make sense to me. So okay, so just so you're on the record, no cup drivers in any lower series. That's not what I, I said. Anything outside NASCAR. I am if you want to do it in NASCAR, okay. In a car How about the own, cars tour, late model racing. Is that safe? Is that safe enough to do extra? I would be more apt to. I, I said this on DBC. I've said this elsewhere as well. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to paint it. You can't paint this in like a broad brush. You have to pick and choose a little bit. If you want to run like a one-off occasionally, occasionally, I'm okay with that. If you want to go run a late model race or a sprint car, maybe somewhere one-off, or you want to do a cars tour race, whatever. Okay, fine. But doing it on a regular basis, going to run sprint cars on a regular basis, which are already dangerous enough, like I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. I, I don't. Well, Marco I don't Andretti in SRX last year snapped his wrist during the championship race and had to have surgery um, mm -hmm. as he won the championship. You have a bunch of cup drivers that are going to be in SRX this year. Brad Keselowski yeah. is running the full season. Kyle Busch. Yeah. Um, you've and seen Blaney run it. You've seen Elliott run it. Hamlin. I I get, and I don't know if I was a team owner, and I guess Brad's his own boss, but he only has answers to himself. So, but are you against? Owner. Are you against those 
drivers running SRX as well? I think I would be okay with them maybe doing a one-off. I don't know if I'd be okay. I wouldn't be okay necessarily saying, hey, we're going to add six races onto your schedule and, you know, put you out there that much. I You you have to be, again, I don't, I'm not trying to paint this with a broad brush. I think you just have to be more selective in how you do this. So sprint cars, no, no Indy cars, no. Xfinity series where somebody just got hurt last week. Yes. Trucks. Yes. Where people get hurt. Uh, those are okay. SRX. Yes. And one off. One off late model. Again, you want to do a sprint car race. You want to go to Knoxville nationals and a one off. Fine. Fine. But you running as running sprint cars on a regular basis, once, twice a week throughout the, throughout, you know, the spring and the summer leading up the playoffs. Like I, I don't see the benefit to that. Obviously, I'm not in agreement with with you on this once again, but I just wanted to see where you land on this because I just don't. I just why why is NASCAR so different from other sports? Where other sport, other athletes in other sports, if you name the sport, they can't do extracurricular stuff. A football player can't go play in a football game on Wednesday because he wants to get reps and get. What better. football games no. are there on Wednesdays? There, there are really. So you don't think NBA players ever play pickup basketball games in no, the summer? Was, I, I, Michael Jordan had it. Well, no, a lot of NBA players are not allowed to go play pickup basketball a lot of places. They have it written in their contract. MJ was one of the few that had it. You've heard of the for love of the game. But they do play the pickup for, basketball in the summer. Some do, some don't. And they have to, it's very structured and some are not allowed to. And you, it depends on, and sometimes you, it depends on who you play with, where you play. There's all sorts of parameters. And like MJ had it in his contract. He was so upset with the Bulls. Like, I want to be able to play basketball when I ever want to. It was called the for love of the game clause. And they had it put in there because he wanted to play basketball when he wanted to. But there are guys who are not allowed to do things. You can't ride motorcycles. You can't jump out of airplanes. You can't do X, Y, Z. That because we need you on the field playing for us. Like, our team is better when you suit up for us, not doing other things. And why is that so different in NASCAR? Because why are Formula One guys. Why is Formula One guys not running all sorts of other races? Why are IndyCar drivers largely what? they do occasional they do occasional sports car races? That's about it. But if this is if you can become such a better driver by doing all of this other stuff, then why are all these other drivers in Formula One and IndyCar not you know have what all other these extra races could Formula One guys run? They I'm sure they go they do go karting sometimes. They go karting, but, but I mean you could they, I'm sure there's a race they could enter somewhere. I think they're kind of busy traveling the world, but. They race 23 times a year. IndyCar, I mean, it's the same thing. You can make, I mean, the, the, put it this way. They're not big. They have 23 races. NASCAR's got 38. Like, I mean, it's, you know, if you want to find a race somewhere, you can race. Like, so the argument that I, this makes me better, like, okay, maybe. Show me how. Give me something tangible. I just like, totally disagree with you. I think these guys, like Tony Stewart all these years, I mean, the more these guys are in race shape and are, are in situations of late race restarts and pressure and, you know, making risky passes and getting outside their, their comfort zone to feel like, okay, like I'm, I'm comfortable with, you know, in, improving their car control. Um, that all helps. I mean, it does. It's you're, you're practicing your craft. You in, in, in the other sports you're mentioning, they have practice every day. The NFL players are going to practice every day. They don't, they're, they are practicing on the field. The drivers, the NASCAR drivers, they can run iRacing, but it's not the same. You know, they can go to GoPro Motorplex. Not, it's not the same. Now, Trackhouse Racing Motorplex or whatever. They renamed it. I don't know if you saw that. Trackhouse Motorplex or whatever, the go-kart track in, in uh, Mooresville. But um, 
this is a way, you know, there's no more practice in NASCAR. This is a way to keep sharp. I, I think this is what you got to do. It's a terrible coincidence. Obviously, he didn't want to get hurt. It was his 30th birthday. You think he wanted to spend his 30th birthday with a broken back? Nobody wants to get hurt. No one wants to break their back. I mean, come on. That's silly. Right. Well, I'm, I mean, it's not like he was being reckless. He was. No, but he was participating in an activity that brings high risk. It heightens the risk. Race car driving is risky. So All race car driving. Enough. So then now you're adding on to something that's unnecessary. Oh, man. All right. People are probably like tuning out at this point because they don't want to hear this. And we've spent too much time on this, but I just, I just can't believe your argument. So I'm just, uh, and I know a lot of people agree with you, but I just wanted to get you on the record here for, for your crazy. <laughs> My record has not changed. I guess I was thinking maybe you'd see the light, but no, no. All right. Um, we should talk about Ryan Truex as well, because that was pretty, uh, inspiring. Uh, you know, here's a guy who look, I mean, he was completely written off. You know, his career was, if, if he had not pursued just, Hey, like, can I even just get six races kind of thing? Um, mm-hmm. the last couple of years and he just went away. Everybody be like, Oh, whatever happened to that guy? I mean, you see that a lot in NASCAR people get opportunity. They don't live up to the hype or produce the way that people think they're going to You get gobbled and, up and spit out. Yep. Um, he stayed in it, you know, and he put the pressure on himself to like, Hey, I got to go win pretty, you know, he's been doing this sort of a media tour about this, right? Like he went on stacking pennies. He went on this, the 12 question stuff. Um, I saw him on the, the FS one pre-race show. I mean, he's been out there saying like, yeah, I've got two races left. I've got three races left with, with Gibbs, uh, to prove myself. And he went out there, gets his first career win, completely dominates at his home track to boot. Um, just, a it's a great story. And I think you could see how popular the win was for everybody that respected his grind. He started in 2010, um, and is finally a NASCAR national series winner. So it's a cool story. We'll see where it goes from here, but it's a cool story. It's a really cool story. And people forget, like there was a time that he was considered kind of one of NASCAR's top prospects, right? He won, you know, back to back Canon E series at a time when that series was pretty stacked by the way, too. And he was considered like, he's going to be the next big star in NASCAR. And, you know, he's kind of one of those guys too, that maybe if the, the MWR cheating stuff doesn't unfold, maybe there are better opportunity for them, but he kind of got washed out of that. Cause I, I believe he was part of the MWR team then, you know, and, and Martin was there and, you know, you know, there's a pathway there and then he's kind of bouncing around and he took a cup series ride with BK racing, which is never a good idea. Like, it's really hard to come out of that situation better than you are. Um, and he got, I think he had a concussion. Didn't he get lose his ride because he had a concussion or something? I mean, there was like some, like, is there something that happened there? And, and, and like, it just that. didn't work. Uh, yeah, I think he got here at Michigan, didn't he? Like, he had a, 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 whatever. And so, and it's just, he kind of, then he started bouncing around and he was ending up in opportunities where it's really hard to, to do something. Or even if you're running well, the results don't always show it because you you're kind of got a ceiling on you, a glass ceiling. And, and he finally got this opportunity with JGR last year. Um, and he didn't really, it's fair to say like he did really overly impress and probably trying too hard. Cause you only get six races. You're, you're trying to you know show the world. And what happens often is you try to do too much. You step out of your comfort zone, you overstep and you end up making mistakes. And, 
you go back a couple weeks ago at Martinsville, he was wrapped up in a couple things and he was kind of pushing and people were kind of criticizing him a little bit. And this was a really good, he needed this. He needed this for a lot of reasons. And it's a great story. Good for him. And hopefully this can kind of give him a, a, a second lease on his NASCAR career that um, it's kind of been, you know, it just kind of been, it felt like it was dying and we'll yeah. see what happens out of this. And he's in a good spot with JGR. They like him. Toyota likes him. Um, you know, it doesn't hurt that your brother's still there. Like there, there, this seems like a good opportunity for him to maybe do something. Um, so listen, uh, I, I think that, you know, it, it sounded like Joe Gibbs at least wants to do more with him this year. You know, you don't know what's going to happen, whether he's going to get a full-time ride, but, um, you know, it sounds like Gibbs is at least open to trying to get him in more Xfinity races and extending his six, um, as they work toward maybe something full-time next year, if they can get the sponsorship. So we'll see what happens there. We also need to see what happens with the good race poll. Um, I say something really quick about Truex. I was right. Yes. Truex in 2013 did get, had a concussion at Michigan for BK racing. And then that deal went sideways shortly thereafter. Okay. I didn't remember that at all. Yeah. It happened in practice. Um, so the good race poll, uh, did you win again last week? I don't even remember. I thought you did actually. Oh, did I? I can't even remember. I thought, I thought you won. Big Joe wall 72. Uh, his tweets are protected now like mine are. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't see his, his oh, scoring. Hang on, I follow. Oh, you hang follow on, him. Okay. Yeah. See, I should probably follow him, but yeah. Why don't you follow Joe? I, I follow exactly oh, 300 God. people. Always. Uh, really? How do you decide on who to follow? If I Why follow I... somebody new, somebody's got to go. Why am I logged out of my account? That's weird. Oh, this has been a big Twitter thing recently. Have you heard about this? No. What happened? What? It's what? uh, it's logging people out. And then when you try to log back in and like authenticate yourself or whatever, it won't, it won't let you back in. Some oh, I got a, back in. So that's some good. sort of a new Twitter bug. So be careful with that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. There's um, lots of, lots of new bugs. Awesome. but you know a lot of people told told him? me after after last week that um they they weren't even necessarily aware of the rosie thing but now they see rosie all the time uh since we talked you, about it so you won last week oh i won okay you won all right so that means i gotta go first um, yeah okay so last year's dover race i pulled this up because i thought you would uh harass me if i didn't have the information and say that i didn't come prepared so it tends to happen um, you know, the, the Dover race last year, which I thought was pretty good was 80.2. Um, and that was also a Monday race. So, you know, you probably have the same amount of people who go, well, I didn't get to watch it or I'm mad at, you know, it was, it was this. So, um, you know, I'm, I think that it'll be relatively close to that. I thought it was a good race. I just don't know if other people feel the same way. Um, Man, this is tough. I don't know if it's going to get to eighty. Um, you know what? I'll just say I'll just say eighty on the on the nose. I thought it was good. I I was I thought it was fine race. You know, you had comers and goers, especially by Dover yeah. standards, which has been super boring at times. I didn't think it was a complete track position race. You saw some people be able to pass. Um, you know, was it the best Dover race ever? No, but I thought it was good. So, um, I'll say eighty. Yeah. Can we lop off hundred miles of Dover, by the way? I mean, it was a three and a half hour race for 400 miles. Um, Other mile racetracks, Phoenix and New Hampshire, are both three, about three. Uh, Phoenix is 317. 
New Hampshire's 300. Yeah, no, I think there's a great argument for it. I, I don't think it needs to be that long, but um, I don't know. You know, every time you talk about shortening races, people go, uh, you guys just don't want to work that long or whatever. Don't, that's ridiculous. You know, I'm just telling you, that's what people, you know. I know. I, I've heard it. It's just, that's a ridiculous. Argument. Like, it's every sport, like, is looking at trying to make sure, like, your game, you know, games don't go too long. Like, baseball right. just went through this whole thing. Like, so it's not about. It's it's about entertainment. It's about making sure your your viewing audience is entertained for the duration. They get enough of that. So I get it, but I don't know. You lob a hundred miles off of this. This race is probably what two forty five. Yeah, yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah, a little and under I three hours. So yeah, yeah, which is right around the window. Three hours is kind of the window. Yeah. So like, you watch a two hour and forty five minute race, you're not being like, man, I wish there was more. You know, it, I and I would say this: it's better to leave your audience wanting more. Then over serving them and saying, Oh man, I'm that's way too much for me. Like, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Uh, my number, I'm gonna go 75%. Uh, this didn't feel like an 80 race. I thought it was fine. It was perfectly good for Dover, perfectly acceptable race, but I'm gonna go 75 just because I don't know. It just seems 80 seems too high. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you did, if you did have a shorter race on a Sunday, especially now, you know, Monday is different because people are working, but on a Sunday, people, people want to enjoy their weekends. People want to get outside, take a hike. Especially um, in the summer. I mean, I, I guess you don't like to take a hike, but no I, I, no, I don't do, I don't do outdoor stuff. I mean, I don't do like, like there are bears and there are snakes and there are wild animals. I do not deal with. Now that this is weird because our friend, Zach Albert from NASCAR.com, he's a very avid hiker. And yep. my understanding is that he actually asked you Multiple to go times. on a, Oh, multiple times to go on a hike multiple with times. him. Yes. Um, and you are de- refusing this. Absolutely refusing this. I do not rough it. I am not. I know you're gonna be shocked by this. I do not do hikes. I do not do camping. I do not sleeping in the woods. Like my idea of roughing it is a hotel without room service. Like I am just not. I am very bougie, and I am not gonna go on a hike. And I love Zach. Like Zach goes to these great places. There are seeds. Like he has shown me photos of snakes. I don't do snakes. The only snakes I want are the ones on my shoes. Like I don't do any of that stuff. I have a, I am, I don't want to go on a camping somewhere and like wake up next to a bear. I'm good. <sighs> okay. Why is it? Why? why? Because like that's like my to get outside, you know, we, there's more that, I don't know if you know this, there's, there's more to life than like just our work and our jobs and yeah, stuff. You can sit outside and work. Like you can, you can don't have, you, no, there's you, other no, ways of take out the work outside. Doesn't mean work no work. You could actually not work. You could actually take a break and have like balance in your life and say, you know what? I've worked a lot this week. I've broken 50 stories. I'm going to go. What? I haven't broken anything and it's driving me crazy. Okay. This week, this today, you break stories all the time. You're allowed to go take a few hours and go for a hike. You don't even have kids. You know, the worst thing about this whole thing is that Zach, there is no cell phone reception. Like I cannot go multiple that's the worst thing that's a blessing it's oh my god no it's like i was where was i the other day i forgot where i was and i walked in somewhere and i didn't have i was at a movie i went to a movie and i didn't have cell phone reception i'm trying to write on my i'm writing on my phone i was writing a story for the athletic on my phone and i didn't have cell phone reception so i actually walked down to the desk and i said hey i need it was a private internet i said i need to hook up to your internet so i can work on my phone and then I can get text messages and everything else too. Because I could not sit in that theater and not have cell phone reception. I was going to go bonkers. I really hope you were at that movie by yourself. 
I really do. Were you at the movie so, by yourself? I hope so. Because if somebody went friend. to a movie with me and they were like decided to work on their phone or whatever during the movie with the screen lit up and all this crap. I, I dim the screen way down. So it's like it's super dark. And I sit way in the back. Why did you even no bother going to the movie? Why did you bother going to the movie see, if you're going to be working? I to see the movie. I saw the movie. You didn't it was see it. Movie. I did see the movie. I can tell you everything happened. It was great. I can multitask. Like, you you left the movie to go ask if you could get the private like Wi-Fi. And it was during the preview, so I didn't miss anything to the movie. Like, I literally got in there. I looked at my phone to sit down and start working on my phone. And I'm like, this is not going to work. I don't have a signal. I am going to lose it. And this was a day... Something was going on penalty-wise. It was recently. So what was... There was something floating out there that... So why was, don't you just not go to a movie on the penalty days? And then, you know, then you could actually enjoy it. Because that doesn't work for our... Like, do you think our boss is like, hey, I know there might be some big news going on. I'm no, I'm saying don't go on the penalty days. Go on it like a it, Friday. There is no, like, that was literally like the only time, like that was the only possible time to go. Okay. There wasn't no time. I've been <sighs> on the road. I went to four straight races. Like I don't have Fridays to go to movies. I, I'm i just at a loss Fridays here. are travel days. I, I wish that everybody, all our listeners and I could get together and do an intervention, a work intervention on you. Um, I just, uh, I think. No, I, like. This is, you've like, got to get out. You've got to touch grass, as the kids say. Touch grass. Like, mm -hmm. have some reality disconnect, okay? Like, go for a hike with Zach. No, like, God, no. Love Zach. I will drink beer with Zach. I do drink beer with Zach. We are, I'm not going on a hike with Zach. Let There's me ask no you this. Which do you dislike more? The outdoors or children or Christmas? Oh, my God. Give us your power well, rankings. Uh, no, outdoors, because then there's all sorts of factors. There's the wild animals. There's the middle of being in nowhere. So you no dislike being stuff. outdoors worse than you dislike children I and Christmas. Dis no, no, no. See, it's not outdoors. I like being outdoors. Like, I like to go sit outdoors and okay. like, have hiking. a drink somewhere. You would rather, yeah, I don't do hiking. Yeah, you would rather no, spend no time with children on Christmas than go for a nice hike by yourself. Yes. Going on hiking just sounds miserable. Like again, if I don't have cell phone reception, I lose my absolute mind if I do not have a cell phone reception. Like I heard, I you you told me this all the time. I am one of those people. I incessantly check my cell phone. Incessantly, you've gotten on me about it before. I I'm I'm just sort of at a loss here. I think we should just move on. Uh, there was a really good IndyCar race. I don't know if you got to watch that. Um, I did. Happened good. to be. Uh, it, it worked out really well for them that they didn't have to go head to head with NASCAR. And I think it probably got some extra eyeballs on them. I'll be curious to see the ratings. Um, man, they had some really good, that the battle between, you know, yet another battle, I guess, between uh, McLaughlin <laughs> and Grosjean was really good, really entertaining. I thought the whole race was, uh, I, I, I got what I want from it. You know what I mean? And I think that, uh, IndyCar continues to be a series that just, you know, it's, it's kind of under the radar. It's an F1 shadow. It's a NASCAR shadow. But, better uh, racing than Formula One. Oh, much better racing. Easily. Than oh my God, this F1 more, race this weekend. Holy crap! I would, I would say better racing, more competitive. Um, it's it's got. I would. I don't know if it's it, it's got as it's in terms of personalities. It's got great personalities. It's great got personalities. great. It's got great personality. I don't know if it has more or less. It's on the same level personality wise as Formula One. Like it checks all of the boxes. Like I don't I said it before. Like. There are so many things to like about IndyCar racing. I love the schedule. I love the race. You know, like 
They go to a lot of cool places, a lot of cool cities. Like, I don't understand why it doesn't have more success than it does. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, I mean, hopefully this TV show they have will help them. I don't know. Um, I didn't get to watch the the first episode yet, but, you know, everybody wants to bank on on their various TV shows that they have now. But it seems like people thought it was decent. Um, Obviously, it seems like they're improving their social media presence, so that will be helpful. But, yeah, it's just like I think the biggest thing is if you can get new eyeballs on your races and you put on a good race like they had at Barber, people are going to be like, oh, Dang, that was pretty I good. I, I didn't have exposure to this. And that that's what makes people watch, right? I, I, I agree. But here's my point, though. Like, they've had good races for a long time. Like, you go back to Indy 500, which is one of that race that everybody watched. Like, it's like the Kentucky Derby, everybody masters. You know, it's, it's, even if you're not a race fan, you tune in. You go back to, to Rossi versus Pagano in that battle in 2020, right? That was our, I'm sorry, 2019. That was as good as it can get. Like, I, if you're a casual fan, like, I don't know how you could watch that and be like, whoa, this is what this is. Like, I got to watch this. The problem is there, there hasn't been any carryover. So, like, the racing's been great. They've had great racing for years. And it's just, I, I don't know the end. Like, you go back to the 20, you know, they how many Indy 500s in a row were, like, epic, right? You had tw- 2012 with Hunter Ray, 2013 with Kanan. I think you had 83-some lead changes in that race or whatever it was. Like, you get all of these races and, like, those, that's the race where you build off of, and they just haven't been able to do it. Helio winning four Indy 500s in a row, and he's got the you know, personality and the, the name brand, and it still is I, – like, Dwight, it's not the – I don't know what the answer is. I, I don't because they're they're doing it. They, they figured out the hard part, which is to get good competitive racing. Um, they just haven't been able to figure out the other part of it. Yeah, no, I know. I I think they, they a lot of them wonder the same – reason why like the same thing why aren't why aren't people more people paying attention but you know it's got to start somewhere so i think you you have more good races and and people will come um f1 i mean gosh that was that was a terrible race that was really that really sucked um but bad weekend all around yeah no um the one good thing was supposed to be special and like it's a fun race kind of goofy and yeah none of that it was just a it was dull the only thing they really have going for them right now is that um, Checo is trying to stay with Max and at least there's somewhat of a title fight at the moment. Yeah. yeah it's between two teammates. I mean, the Red Bull cars were like what? 19 seconds ahead of Charles Leclerc for a uh, third place. So they're, yeah. they're clearly, you know, in a world by themselves and probably Max is going to end up blowing Checo out of the water and eventually, but, uh, Checo's keeping it close as he pointed out, you yeah. know, if he hadn't had problems in Australia, he'd be leading the points. He gained, bunch of points this weekend um you know the sprint race uh the main event so what'd you think of the sprint race yeah like i just i don't know i i I didn't mind the sprint race format not being you know last year i felt like when the sprint race would decide the lineup for the sunday race it was just sort of like i don't know like it, it almost ruined qualifying in a way because any good story in qualifying was immediately going to get shuffled down in the opening laps of the sprint race. And then by the time you got to the sprint race, you know, the, the cream had risen to the top and, um, you know, you're like, Oh, well now all the, yeah. the best drivers are in the front anyway. Um, so at least it had its own separate thing, I, you know, two qualifying sessions. I don't know if you need that, 
but I also think it's better than practice. It's better than just a practice session. Yeah. You don't yeah. need three practice sessions a weekend. I mean, if you're going to, no. if you're going to say, would you rather have a standalone short race, um, on a Saturday or a practice? I'd say, well, yeah, I'd rather watch a standalone short race. So that, that was fine. Um, you didn't like it. Why didn't you like it? No, it's just, it didn't do anything. Like I really like formula one qualifying. Like to me, that feels like an event, like kind of a race of itself though. It's not. Mm-hmm. And so to kind of for it to be shuffled back to Friday and kind of this wilderness that is Friday afternoon or Friday morning, it's just like, eh, like that to me should be a much bigger formula one qualifying to me is a, I mean, that is what qualifying in a lot of series should be. Like it is an event like, Oh yeah. Watch these guys go out there and try to knock each other off. And to kind of like have that now be diminished, like, uh, you know, and I, but I like your point, like there's too much practice. Like I don't, you don't need that much practice for 20 cars. Like, come on, like, what are you doing here? And, I don't know. I go back to what I said. Like, I would love it if they gave points for qualifying and then it really meant like you get more points for qualifying and then you had these heat races on Saturday. And I kid you not, man, you win the heat races, you get points for that. That means something. But then reverse the damn order on Sunday. Like, why not? Like, if you want to add, make your product better and make it where you, yes, it's artificial and you're, you're, you're juicing it, but wouldn't it be great to, I mean, no, I, I, I don't think, I, I don't it's think you could, dream. you can't do an inversion in formula one. They, they're already so anti gimmicky type stuff anyway. Are, that's, that drives me crazy though. I hate that mentality because they are gimmicks. They have all sorts of gimmicks. They used to have a double points race, the last race of the year. That's as gimmicky as it gets. Like they've got areas on the tracks that where you can draft and like, I mean, to sit there and say that we're not gimmicks and we're pure, that, that is a load of crap. Like I think it, the sprint race itself is enough of a gimmick. They don't need to then yeah. invert the field for the Grand Prix. But at least you're like rewarding. Like I mean, I, if you're gonna juice the action, I mean, Max said it. I mean, Max was right, and when he said like Formula One should figure out how to have more than two or three competitive cars out there, you know, or you know, like that's yeah, that's the thing. And if what do you think of uh, what do you think of Max versus George? By the way, what's going? On? What like yeah. What? Why? Like what? You're, it's like Max is like angry at the world, and he's got no reason to be. Like that wasn't even investigated by um, race control. Like that wasn't even the stewards even didn't even look at that as an incident. <laughs> and they investigate everything. <laughs> they investigate everything. They didn't even bother looking at that. And Max is like so pissed. And George thought he was going to come up to him and be like, "Hey, you know, hard racing, whatever." Um, and said he was like dropping f bombs, and he called him a. I don't think we could say it on this podcast since we know kids listen to this. Uh, a D head um, on right on TV there. Uh, you know, it was like, like Max forgets like how he used to race and still does on the case. Used to. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, it's very much a do as I say, not as I do. And it's just like, you know, it like, I don't mean to like, we'll go full circle here. The back to Ross Chastain, you say what you will about Ross, but he doesn't get pissed when people race him hard. Like, <laughs> it's, you know? yeah. He doesn't get pissed when the shoes on the other foot. No. And like, and I respect that. Like, you know, and that's say what you will about him, but like, he is like, Hey, you want to race me hard? Like, cool. And like in max, it's like, oh, I'm going to race you hard. I may shove you off the track, but if you dare try doing that to me, you know, there's going to be hell to pay. Like I, I just, that's hard to swallow. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, anything else from this week that, uh, you want to touch on next week, you know, big, uh, talk about head to head type stuff. You've got, Miami Grand Prix for F1 and Kansas NASCAR at the same time, I believe. So, uh, 
we'll be Four in Kansas, Miami this week. Always going head to head against uh, Formula One. A couple years ago, they went head to head against Coda. That's right. Yeah, the fall race. Yeah, <laughs> we'll. Uh, you and I will be in Miami for a brief um, hello. Yeah. Although we won't be able to record a podcast there, we're having our staff meeting. We're meeting our F1 group because they're going to be in the states. Luke Smith. Yeah. We're going to hang out with him for a little bit, have a little staff summit, compare some notes. Um, maybe we can get him on the podcast sometime. That'd be fun. And then uh, they will stay and cover Miami and I will go off to Kansas and then you will be at Darlington next week. So, um, and then North Wilkesboro will be both there. That's going to be fun. And then we'll split up for Memorial day weekend. Uh, Did you know we're for the first time, I don't know how many other media outlets can say this, probably not that many. I'm sure there's at least one, but um, for Memorial day weekend, we're going to have somebody at Monaco Indy 500 and Coke 600. So we've got That's somebody cool. on site at all three. That'll be cool. That'll be very cool. Um, so yeah. Anyway, lots of fun stuff. This is, as you said, the statement month. So uh, at least for NASCAR and obviously for IndyCar as well. And for F1 probably too. So <laughs> anyway, we will uh, we'll talk to you all very soon. Thanks for listening to Teardown. Talk to you next week, everybody.